0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is the Horror Shots Podcast. Hello again, and welcome to another Horror Shots Podcast with me, Casey. Now, I know it's been a little while. It's been a week since my last episode on Halloween, which I'm talking about the movie, of course, the one that just recently came out last weekend. And I know I promised one a few days after that. However, some things came up and I just wasn't able to actually get around to recording anything. So I'm going to be switching days from Tuesdays to Fridays. I have most Friday afternoons off. I'll be able to get a little bit more time to actually record and post and update, everything, all that kind of fun stuff. So I hope that's not too much of a problem, but uh, look for podcasts from here on out on Fridays. Furthermore, gotta get some housekeeping out of the way, as Halloween is approaching, it's somewhat of a busy time for a horror writer, horror photographer, horror podcast, horror anything. Let's get into that time of year. So tomorrow, that is the 27th of October, I will be at the Indigo in Stone Road Mall in Guelph, signing some books and talking to some people about all things Halloween and spooky and whatever else sort of stuff comes up. So if you're in the neighborhood or you want to make the trip out, by all means, you're more than welcome to. I'd love to sit down and chat with any fans of the show and go over anything you want to talk about. It's a fan day, call it that. Secondly, in about a week... From today, actually, I will be headed down to Toronto, where I will be taking part in the Horror-rama, Toronto's only all-horror festival, so they say anyway. I believe them, why would they lie? That is on November 3rd, that weekend of November 3rd, a week before my birthday, ironically enough, and I'll be there selling prints, signing them, talking to fans, and as I said before, if you... Do mention that you are a fan of the podcast. You will get a discount on a print or two prints or however many prints you want to pick up. So come on down to that. That'll be good, good time. D. Wallace is going to be there from, you know, Cujo or E.T.'s mom. She's going to be there uh, doing a panel, which is going to be pretty exciting, and a whole bunch of other guests, a lot of them Canadian, but some international fans. I think Lisa Quigley is going to be there, too, a nice exploitation film actress, among other things, of course. Beyond that, it's just going to be a good time full of vendors and panels and all sorts of different things to look out for. So if you're in Toronto or, again, making the trip out, come see me. I will have a booth there in the marketplace. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a ton of fun, as they say. And beyond that, we just have our usual stuff. You know, if you ever want to contact me, you can do so through my website at Horrorshots.com or on Instagram at Horrorshots Photography or Twitter at HorrorshotsPod. Now enough of all that. Let's get to why you're actually here, uh, and that's not to hear me yammer on about my own bull crap. Today's podcast, we're going to go back to some witches, but I did find a list of some famous witches. Most of this information is going to come from Owlcation.com, where they have a list of some of the most famous witches to have ever existed. Or, now not every single witch on this list has been proven to be alive in actual history or proven to be a witch, because it's not something that can be easily proven as we went over in our Salem Trials podcast. But nevertheless, let's kick the list off with maybe the most famous one to have ever graced the pages of any sort of legendary book, and that would be Morgan Le Fay in the 6th century. Some may know her as Morgana. Morgan Le Fay has been depicted as the evil nemesis of King Arthur of Camelot, However, like many other famous witch stories, this depiction has been wildly misconstructed. While Morgan Le Fay's existence cannot be proven, those who believe in King Arthur's legend believe her and Merlin's existence. Merlin obviously being a wizard. But who was Morgan Le Fay? Morgan Le Fay, also called Morgaine by modern-day novelists like Marion Zimmer Bradley, was said to be King Arthur's half-sister, and would eventually and unknowingly bear King Arthur a son. She's famous because of her direct association with the Isle of Avalon and with England's ancient pagans, the Druids. Much of Le Fay's stories denounce her allegiance to her brother and her people, casting her as an evil, vengeful witch who wants nothing more than to destroy or rule her brother's kingdom of Camelot. However, the true legend is that she actually aided King Arthur in his dying hour by leading him through the mists to the Isle of Avalon to be healed. We'll probably never know the real story or if it truly happened, but witches to this day do believe in Morgan Le Fay, and that she was indeed a famous witch in history who should not be feared, but studied and revered. Number two on the possible most famous witch list provided by our location here is Anne Boleyn from 1501 to 1536. A little bit of history on Anne. She was the second wife of the infamous King Henry VIII of England during the 16th century. There are many scholars and non-believers who say that Anne Boleyn was not a witch. But if we are talking about whether Anne Boleyn was a witch because of her wisdom, well, it's a high probability That she was. Throughout her years as Queen of England, Anne Boleyn became very educated and very intelligent. Despite the rumors of later accusations of treason, adultery, incest, and eventually witchcraft, which led her beheading, Anne Boleyn is now considered one of the most influential queens in English history. But the question is, was she a witch? Now, she was incredibly strong, both physically and strong of will, she was very intelligent and very, very wise. She had a very intense desire to appease her husband and her country as well. Now, many people may always just focus on the accusations, such as the incest, adultery, and witchcraft. And if you believe those, then absolutely, she would be one of those heinous witches that probably would have been hung at the witch trials. But, as history has taught us, it's often twenty twenty in hindsight, meaning... What she did for her country was probably more than most queens have ever done. And it's fascinating. And if she was a witch, which some accounts do have her as, then by God, she made it to the top. Good for her. Number three, we have Aradia. Now, Aradia is a witch whose story originates in the country of Italy. She's the main character in Aradia, or... The Gospel of Witches, a book written by Charles Leland in the late 19th century, considered by many to be an early and reputable source on the subject of witchcraft. The authenticity of this book is still debated, but it has aided in the resurgence of paganism in the 20th century. Supposedly, Charles Leland was handed a book by a woman who lived in the Tuscany region of Italy named Maddalena. And it was with this help of this book that Ardea, or the Gospel of Witches, was composed. If one is to look at Aradea as she is presented in the Gospel of Witches, one would believe in Aradea as a sort of goddess of witches. The actual basis of Aradea's story in Leland's book is her birth from the goddess Diana and the god Lucifer. Her followers were supposedly a group of witches that had served since the 12th century using Aradea's knowledge of witchcraft Defend off the Roman Catholic Church's attempt to wipe out paganism from Tuscany. Was Aradia a goddess of Italian witches, or merely a powerful witch from the 14th century? It was believed she was a witch who had a strong following since the 14th century, but others believe Aradia was more of a goddess, and more than a mere witch. Number four we have Marie Laveau. From 1808 to 1881, Marie Laveau is the most famous voodoo practitioner of all time. She was born a free black woman in New Orleans in the mid-1700s and became the most well-known voodoo priestess in 18th and 19th century Louisiana. She's often referred to as the Voodoo Queen. What is Marie Laveau famous for, you may ask? White and black folks alike would come seeking Laveau for treatment for various ailments in areas of health and love. It is been said that Laveau was a devout Catholic and would attend Mass religiously. However, she was also an advocate for the voodoo religion, believing and practicing voodoo with the aid of the Laos, voodoo gods, and being well-versed in the art of intuition and seership. All three classes of New Orleans society would call on Laveau in order to acquire some unknown information, or to will into being some desire, such as health or beauty. Laveau lived well into her 90s, though some claim she died earlier than that. Her supposed grave is in New Orleans' St. Louis Cemetery No. 1, and gets more visits on Halloween than Elvis Presley's very own grave. This famous witch may have been a voodoo queen or priestess, but she was also a very wise woman, and she knew her craft very, very well. Next up, we have the one and only Gerald Gardner from 1884 to 1964. Since the likes of witches such as Anne Boleyn and Aradia, many witches have emerged from the shadows or have come out of the broom closet, Ha. Huh? in the 20th and 21st century because of a man named Gerald Gardner. Gerald Gardner is called the father of modern witchcraft and the founder of the Wiccan religion. The story goes that he was shown an old way of beliefs known as witchcraft and then decided to try to keep the religion and beliefs alive by making them more public. Thanks to Gerald Gardner, many Wiccans and the pagans alike are able to come out of the broom closet today without fear of being hanged From the nearest tree or being punished for their beliefs. Though there is still much mental and emotional persecution for those who consider themselves witches or pagans. That was a short one. Next up we have Sybil Leek from 1917 to 1982. Sybil Leek was taught the ways of witchcraft from a young age and she was around during Gerald Gardner's time. She is one of the most famous witches in modern history and has written nearly 60 well-known pagan and occult books, such as The Diary of a Witch, Sybil Leek's Books of Herbs, and Starspeak, Your Body Language from the Stars. Sibyl claims Alistair Crowley, an English occultist, taught her about witchcraft and that she was supposed to be his successor. Sybil Leek died in the 1980s as Britain's most famous witch. Number seven, we have Lori Cabot, or Cabot, who is still alive but was born in 1933. Lori Cabot is an American witchcraft high priestess and the official Witch of Salem. She's the most famous witch alive today in many respects. Cabot is also an author and a wise woman who owns her own witchcraft shop in Salem. You can listen to Lori talk about witchcraft on her very own YouTube channel as well. Number 8, we have Scott Cunningham, from 1956 to 1993. Scott Cunningham preferred to call himself a Wiccan above a witch for personal spiritual reasons. He wrote many books that are read all over the world on various topics of Wicca, such as kitchen witchcraft, magical herbs, magical stones, earth power, and the practice of solitary Wicca. Unfortunately, there will be no more wonderful Wiccan books published by Scott Cunningham. He passed away in 1993 from a long-term illness, though he continues to be one of the most famous witches and one of the most beloved Wiccan authors in the Wiccan and witchcraft world today. And number nine. To round out our list, we have Silver Ravenwolf, 1956 to present day. Another famous witch alive today is Silver Ravenwolf, born Jenny E. Trayer. She's an American New Age magic and witchcraft author and lecturer who focuses on Wicca. Ravenwolf's name is very well known among Wiccans and witches all over the world. She has a background in powwow magic, from an ancestral lineage, and is also well versed in different traditions of Wicca. And you can find any of her books on Amazon or read more about her on the internet. Now just a quick recap of what Wicca actually is. We've mentioned a whole lot. And although we've talked about witches and witchcraft in the past, I don't think we've ever touched on Wicca or the Wiccan religion. So let's just do a little bit of a background on that sort of fun stuff. Wicca is essentially another word for witchcraft or witchery. And broadly means the practice of belief in magical skills and abilities. Wicca is practiced by both solitary practitioners and groups. Wicca, or witchcraft, is considered to be a religious, divinatory, or medicinal field. Because of this, it is often a facet of societies that incorporate magic into the world view. It is important to note that witchcraft is defined differently depending on culture and societal standards. Thus, cross-cultural assumptions should be avoided. And that's a pretty general rule for really anything. And what do Wiccans believe, though? Wiccans do not follow any single tradition, practice, or belief. Witches usually create their own unique spiritual paths by adopting and reinventing the beliefs and rituals of a variety of religions, especially those connected to witchcraft, paganism, and voodoo. Now, what about the difference between Wicca and witchcraft? Is there even one? Well, Wicca is a belief system, whereas witchcraft is the practice. Those who practice witchcraft generally believe in the Wicca religion, though it is not always true. The Wiccan religion is also a very diverse and decentralized religion built on the foundations of paganism and nature spirituality, not a theology built on a single or multiple pantheon of gods. It's more about the feeling you get being surrounded by, say, nature or Mother Earth or whatever god or goddess you choose to devote your time and energies to and that more or less brings us to the end of this cast i know it's a little bit shorter than most ones but again i'm trying to get back into the swing of things after picking up some more time at work and it just makes things a little bit easier if i can keep it within a 15 to 20 minute range and not really go too far above that i think it's better listening for you guys too i mean you don't want to hear me yammer on for an hour about nonsense Though I would gladly yammer on that long if you guys have some stories for me to tell. I'm always open to hearing some spooky stories that actually happened. Now, I know I've had some people come to me and say that they have some stuff but they don't want to write out an email. It would be better if they could talk to me either in person or over the phone or something like that, which is great. I would love to do that. I just got to figure out a recording set up for that as well and then we can get that kind of thing going. I'd love to have guests on the show. I'd love to interview people. Anything that you guys have... That might be worthwhile for an episode. Feel free to let me know. You can do that by contacting me on Twitter at Horror Shots Pod or on Instagram at Horror Shots Photography or through my website through the contact form. And I will get back to you pretty much immediately, unless I'm sleeping, in which case I'll get back to you in the morning. But other than that, Halloween is five days away. So, you may not hear from me until after Halloween, but I still want you to have a great time. Go to all those Halloween parties and honor the spirits of the dead. Don't be afraid of them. Embrace the other world. And if you don't believe that there are ghosts and spirits, well, it's still a fun day to dress up and be somebody else. Because God knows we all want to be somebody else sometimes. And this is a perfect time to escape. Until next week, happy Halloween.